0: Hello and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 10th of February 2024. This is David and your other readers are Susan, Samida and Catherine. The editor this week is Eleanor, all the members of Team 5. Most of our news items are taken from Hemel, Hempstead, Berkhamstead and Tring, Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442, unless it says otherwise. This week's headlines Property in Hemel closed by court order. Divers provide vital first aid to women. And charity cycling events' biggest year yet. These and other stories now follow. Here is the news.
1: Hello, this is Susan. A property in Hemel-Hempstead is off-limits after complaints around violent disorder, antisocial behaviour and drugs. A full closure order was granted by St Albans Magistrates' Court on Friday, January the 26th, banning anyone from the address in Livingston Walk for the next three months. Anyone who breaches this order could be arrested with further action taken against them. The Borough Council and Police investigated the address after calls were made relating to activity having a negative impact on the community. Despite warnings, the behaviour continued with officers regularly having to attend the address. Evidence presented to the court in support of the application documented incidents of assault, drug supply and drug use, rowdy behaviour and loud music being played sergeant craig butler said the behavior of the occupant and other individuals associated with the property was causing fear among the local community no one should have to feel like this in their own home working alongside our local partners we've sought and successfully obtained several closure orders over the past 12 months and will continue to do so wherever necessary if you're experiencing similar issues in your neighborhood please continue to report it, as it helps us to build up the evidence we need to take action." Decorum Borough Council's CEO, Claire Hamilton, said, Decorum Borough Council are pleased to have assisted Hertfordshire Constabulary in successfully obtaining a closure order on a property that was causing severe antisocial behaviour and nuisance. Officers attended court together in order to give evidence relating to the substantial antisocial behaviour reports that had been received over a sustained period of time. The closure order highlights our commitment to working together to create a clean, safe and enjoyable environment for all. Antisocial behaviour committed throughout the borough of decorum will not be tolerated and we will continue to work in collaboration with our partners to ensure the safety and well-being of our community.
2: Hello, this is Samada. A pair of scuba dry- divers from Hempstead used their oxygen tanks to assist a fallen woman en route to a dive. Andrew L- Loud and Matthew Harland had been travelling to Gildenborough Water at Wittersley near Peterborough when they were called into action to help a woman believed to be in her 80s who had been taken ill. The pair of divers were able to provide vital first aid to a pensioner who had fallen ill in a store, using the kit they normally need under water. Andrew and Matthew had driven to Wittersley from Hemelhamstead to dive at Gildemar Water but stopped on their way for a drink. While at the co-op, on the morning of Thursday, January 26, their trip took an unexpected turn and the pair had to use their diving kit to come to the aid of the woman who needed medical help. Andrew said, we went to the co-op round the corner to pick up some water. When we got there, there was an elderly lady sitting in a chair and people were saying she had been taken ill. We saw her and she was going a purple color, which is a sign of oxygen starvation. She was very frail and you could see her condition was deteriorating. The staff there were doing a good job at being sympathetic but she was going downhill quite rapidly. We are not medically trained but we have done a bit more than the basic first aid training. We got someone to call 999 and we started talking to her trying to keep her awake. We were told the ambulance was going to be about an hour and a half. So we made the decision to go and get the oxygen tanks we have for diving. We gave her oxygen for about 10 minutes. Before that, she was really panicking, but the oxygen really settled her down. After a few minutes, she really perked up. She was telling us about her family. She wanted to go home, but we told her she could go with, she, she should go with the ambulance. It could have been a lot worse. She was looking very frail when we arrived and her condition was getting worse. We were definitely in the right place at the right time to help her. Andrew said his training as a scuba driver had been vital. He said, I've been diving since 2001 and over the years, you take a few courses and things. I have done a dive leader course with the British Sub Aqua Club and part of that was life saving award. I've used my diving skills a few times on land and it all started to come together and I was able to help someone. Now Andrew and Matthew are trying to find out how the woman is doing following her incident. Andrew said, she said she did not have any family locally so we were not able to get any contact details for anyone. We would love to know how she's doing now and if she's
3: okay. Hello, I'm Catherine. A legendary event in the South East Cycling Calendar will take place on Sunday, the 28th of April, at Hemel Hempstead's Gagebridge Park. The Hill, the Dens Hills Buster, in partnership with British Cycling, boasts a selection of routes that can take riders over the rolling Chiltern Hills and through the stunning countryside of hearts, beds, and bucks. The Charity Sportive is expected to welcome hundreds of passionate cyclists from the home counties, London and beyond, with all proceeds supporting DENS in their mission to help rebuild the lives of local people facing homelessness, poverty and social exclusion. With a choice of 25K, 60K, 100K and 120K routes on offer, the charity is encouraging riders of all backgrounds and abilities to take on the challenge for a worthy cause, Further highlights include well-stocked feed stations and a lively event village where cyclists can celebrate with post-ride street food and drinks. The event is sponsored by Orion Financial Management, a financial services company based in Hemel Hempstead. Among several organisations supporting the event is Hemel Hempstead Cycling Club, who have chosen Dens as their official charity of 2024 and will support with event logistics. Simon Hemington, club chairman said, we are delighted to be a part of this legendary local cycling event, which is held in high esteem by many of our members, thanks to its great organization and strong sense of community. Wendy Lewington, Dens CEO said, the Dens Hillbuster has become a mainstay of the local cycling scene, and we'd love as many participants, old or new, to join us in making 2024 its biggest year ever. Not only will you be treating yourself to a fantastic day out, but you'll be making a big difference for people in times of need.
0: Now, this week in history. February the 8th, 1931. James Dean, cult actor, was born in Marion, Indiana. He made just three films, East of Eden, Rebel Without a Cause and Giant before he died in a car crash. On this day last year, a new award for non-fiction books by women was launched by the charity behind the Women's Prize for Fiction. February the 9th, 1855, the Devil's Footprints appeared in snowbound South Devon, a hundred miles of cloven hoof prints, each eight inches apart in a single line and measuring four inches by two. On this day last year, the Duke and Duchess of Cornwall, William and Kate, made their first joint official visit to Falmouth since taking on their new roles. February the 10th, 1962, in Berlin, US spy plane pilot Gary Powers, shot down by the Russians, was exchanged for KGB agent Rudolf Abel, captured in New York five years earlier. February 11, 1990, South Africa's black nationalist leader, Nelson Mandela, was freed from prison after 27 years. On this day last year, a piece of artwork by Tintin creator, Hergé, set a world record for the most valuable original black and white drawing by the artist, after selling at auction for more than two million euros. February 12, 1924, Rhapsody in Blue, by George Gershwin, was first performed in New York.
1: And two dates for your diary this week. Chinese New Year, 10th of February. It's the year of the dragon. Chinese communities around the world will celebrate the start of the new lunar year. Shrove Tuesday, 13th of February, otherwise known as Pancake Day. Shrove Tuesday is the traditional feast day before the start of Lent. This is a Christian festival that sees people give up luxuries for 40 days in the lead up to Easter. A family in London has kept
2: hold of a New Hope script for all this time. Harrison Ford's original Star Wars script for the first film in the major franchise is going up for auction in King's Langley. Ford's copy of the script for a Star Wars later subtitled Episode 6 A New Hope which was released in 1977 is being sold through Excalibur Auctions. Ford discarded the old script after he finished filming at Elstree Studios in Hertfordshire but the owners of the property he was staying in kept it. All these years later they are being put up for auction. It is one of them I one of <laughs> one of them items on offer. <laughs> at the Excalibur Auctions collector's cavern auction on February the 17th. Ford, of course, played Hans Solo in A New Hope and three subsequent films in the astonishingly successful fantasy franchise. While filming in Hertfordshire in 1976 for the opening movie, Ford rented out a flat in Notting Hill and left the script in the property. The family has told Excalibur Auctions that Ford responded to their grandma's advertisement for a flat to let that was placed in the Sunday Times. Oblivious to the celebrity world, the couple had no idea who he was and that a Bolly- Bolly- uh, Hollywood actor was staying in their home. The rising Hollywood superstar. During his 1976 day, Ford had his co-stars Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill over, and according to the script owners, simply referred to Hamill as the boy. Such was the bond that the Oscar-nominated actor built up with the family. That summer, he attended the landlord's son's first birthday party. She said, he was an ideal tenant. It really was a fun, fun time. Excalibur Auctions has set an estimated price of £8,000 to £12,000 for the script that is a fourth draft of Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope, with the title on the script as The Adventures of Luke Starkiller as taken from the Journal of the Wills of George Lucas Saga 1, Star Wars, March 15, 1976. Excalibur Auctions has revealed it is an incomplete script which contains most pages up to page 88. Pages are coloured differently to highlight rewrites, but the booklet does include Solo's introduction on page 54. Fans interested in registering for the auction are encouraged to visit the company's website. There are five drafts of the first Star Wars script so this copy offers an intriguing look at how things changed ahead of the film's premiere in 1977. Alongside the script, Ford left other items, including a typed letter from his agent, Patricia McQueney. It is dated April 16, 1976, and discusses his contracts and future film prospects. The letter also tells how Pat has spoken to Ford's first wife Mary McCard, who the actor was married to between 1964 and 1979. She mentions that she hasn't heard from Ford, for which Pat scolds him. She represented the famous star for over 35 years. It carries an
3: estimate of £60 to £80. Hertfordshire Fire Service sent 12 engines and crews to combat a blaze near Hemel Hempstead. At around 1.55pm on Tuesday, January 30th, emergency responders were sent to a fire in a warehouse in Langley Wharf. Firefighters tackled a blaze at a commercial unit at the site in Kings Langley, while residents living nearby were advised to keep their doors and windows closed. A spokesperson representing the fire service said, The first crews on the scene found a warehouse well alight and subsequently 12 fire engines were sent to the scene. Firefighters searched the site to make sure everyone was safely accounted for and the fire had not spread to other units. During the course of the afternoon and evening, crews worked hard to contain and extinguish the fire, which was all out shortly after midnight. Nobody was injured and the fire is believed to have started accidentally. Police issued road closures while the fire was being contained on Tuesday afternoon. Smoke from the commercial site could be seen at the nearby Abbots Hill School. A lacrosse event scheduled for after classes that day was canceled as a precaution and ground staff working outside directing traffic wore masks for the same reason. Meanwhile, lessons held inside at the school continued as normal with doors secured and windows closed. A school spokesperson said, the school has a lockdown policy for emergencies such as this. We were informed by the police that a cloud had a few implications and decided that the lockdown policy was not required, but we did secure the site.
0: A scheme that offers struggling Hertfordshire family supermarket vouchers through the school holidays could be coming to an end. Families with children eligible for benefits-related free school meals have been able to claim the vouchers since 2020, but now they are being warned that the last vouchers could be issued this month, February. That's because the County Council scheme currently relies on funding through the Government Household Support Grant, and County Councils have been given no guarantee the funding will continue past March. Without a clear commitment, the Council is drawing up plans to end the scheme. At the current time, there are no plans for the DWP fund to be extended beyond the end of March, said Councillor Fiona Thompson, Executive Member for Children, Young People and Families. So we have plans in place to let all eligible families know that February half-term's voucher will be the final one. We are hopeful that we will be able to fund an additional voucher for the Easter holidays, but this is dependent on funding available. Acknowledging the financial pressures families are facing, Councillor Thompson says she has already written to the Minister to ask for the Household Support Fund to be extended beyond the end of March. And she said, we will continue to lobby the government to ensure that they understand the challenges we are facing councillor nigel bell leader of the labor group on the county council says this is very concerning and he says that they will be pushing the county council to seek clarification from the government on their long-term plans it's not right that the government did not make the commitment to the autumn statement leaving families and local families not knowing what was happening said councillor bell meanwhile councillor mark watkin The Liberal Democrat spokesperson on children's services has also expressed concern. He told the local Democracy Reporting Service, It is devastating for the families that this vital support will be removed, and we have have to challenge the government on the harm that this will cause. The County Council is facing drastic financial challenges because the failure of the government to fund local authorities properly. I blame central government for walking away from this and causing the subsequent harm to our most needy children." In response, a spokesperson for the Department for Work and Pensions said, "...we have invested over two billion pounds in the Household Support Fund over the last two years, with almost 800 million already paid to families with children to help with the cost of living." The current fund is available up until March 2024 as part of wider cost-of-living support worth an average £3,700 per household, including raising benefits by 6.7% from April and increasing the local housing allowance. The County Council School Holiday Activity Programme, Happy, which includes a meal for participating children will continue during the Easter summer and Christmas holidays this year.
1: Hertfordshire County Council's opposition to Luton Airport's expansion plans was put under the spotlight. Luton Rising, the owner of London Luton Airport, has applied to increase the annual number of passengers using the airport from 19 million to 32 million a year. And that application is currently being examined by the Planning Inspectorate as a national significant infrastructure project. At a budget scrutiny meeting, Conservative Councillor Sarah Tallon suggested that Luton Borough Council, through Luton Rising, was outpacing Hertfordshire County Council in terms of legal expertise. That's the claim made, although it was stressed Hart's Council's approach had been detailed and professional. And Councillor Tallon asked for reassurances that the Council's opposition to Luton Airport's expansion plans was robust and financially sustainable. At the meeting, Executive Member for Sustainable Growth, Councillor Stephen Bolton, accepted that there were people who would like the Council's opposition to be more vigorous. But he stressed that the Council's approach had been detailed and professional, focusing on a technical response and that the approach had been right. He also reassured the meeting that he thought there was enough funding to complete what they were doing. I know some people would have liked us to be more you might say vigorous said Councillor Bolton, but I don't think the outcome will depend on that. The outcome depends on the proper technical response to each of the individual parts of the inquiry, and that's where I think we are. In response to a further question, Director of Growth and Place Colin Haig said, The Council was opposing the environmental impacts of the proposed airport development. He highlighted the carbon, the noise and the pollution from the aviation activities, and he pointed to the congestion, the impact on the highway network and the access network to the airport, and the impact on Hertfordshire. He also suggested that while opposing the scheme, they were also seeking as many mitigations and benefits for Hertfordshire should the project be approved. He suggested that if the scheme was ultimately approved, with the final decision to be taken by the Secretary of State, There may well be a large pot of funding for those roads that were experiencing congestion. Mr. Haig said, particularly within the planning debate, we want to make sure, firstly, we are arguing against and setting out why it is inappropriate and why it has too much impact. But if we're not successful with that activity, then there are lots of mitigations and limits and planning conditions within any potential approval to make sure that Hertfordshire isn't adversely affected. Hertfordshire County Council's
2: commitment to its sustainability ambitions have been questioned as part of the budget setting process. Back in 2019, the County Council declared a climate emergency and drew up a number of ambitions as part of its sustainable Hertfordshire strategy. Those ambitions include being carbon neutral in its own operations, enhancing nature across land and water, and sending nothing to landfill by 2030. But at a budgetary scrutiny meeting on Friday, the, uh, January the 26, Liberal Democrat councillor Sandy Walkington questioned the council's commitment, citing the council's 423-page budget document, which contained very few bids for new initiatives for capital programs that would have an impact on the County Council's ability to meet the ambitions of the Sustainable Hertfordshire Strategy. In addition, Councillor Walkington highlighted the length of the Sustainable Hertfordshire Impact Assessment of which the whole budget, which he said was just over three pages long. We all thought it was really rather thin, only just over three pages to assess the sustainability impact for the whole plan, the whole budget for the county," said Councillor Walkington. He highlighted the extraordinary quotation referring to the lack of new bids to meet the ambitions of the Sustainable Hertfordshire Strategy. And he said, now we all know that there are tremendous financial pressures on the Council. And we don't criticize that in terms of the situation that we find ourselves in. But, we can, in, but can we interpret this statement in the Sustainable Hertfordshire Impact Assessment as official confirmation that our ambitions are on the back burner for sustainability and that we won't meet our 2030 target and overall carbon
3: neutral plans. And continuing on that article, In response, Executive Member for the Environment, Councillor Eric Buckmaster, said that this was not correct. After referring to the cost-cutting work across the council, he did accept that the impact assessment was relatively short, but he stressed that there was no implication at all that they were backpedalling or slowing down on their ambitions, which he said had not changed at all. I just think that maybe we could have expressed it a, a bit better, and you are right to point that out, he said. Meanwhile, Executive Director for Growth and Environment, Mark Doran, said that the focus was on making sure business as usual was more sustainable, not necessarily new measures. We are putting a lot of effort into embedding sustainability throughout the activities that the council does, he said. So it's not necessarily about doing new additional things, it's actually about making sure that the things we are doing are more sustainable, so that business as usual becomes more sustainable as a normal way of operating the council. That's part of the reason that you don't see lots of new bids, because it's actually about using the money to do the activities in a more sustainable way. The Climate Change Act commits the UK government by law to reducing greenhouse gas emissions by at least 100% of 1990 levels, net zero, by 2050. County
0: Council is welcoming the ban on disposable vapes. Executive Member for Public Health and Community Safety, Maurice Bright, has welcomed the announcement of the ban on disposable vapes. We've seen an increase in the number of young people vaping, an increase in illicit disposable vapes in Arfordshire. We will continue to work to protect residents, particularly children, from the risk posed by vapes.
1: Household waste from Hertfordshire will be sent to energy recovery sites rather than landfill by default when new waste contracts come into force in April, County Councillors have been told. The County Council disposes of household waste collected at the curbside at its network of recycling centres. And at a budget scrutiny meeting on Friday, the 26th of January, Councillors heard about the move away from landfill. From April 2024, the default will be nothing to landfill because we're going to energy recovery facilities, Executive Member for the Environment, Councillor Eric Buckmaster, told councillors. Councillor Buckmaster referred to four new contracts starting in April where the default will be nothing to landfill. He did accept there would be a certain materials that may not be able to go to energy recovery but the vast majority will. Councillor Buckmaster made the remarks at an online session where councillors scrutinised the 2024 25 budget proposals under the County Council's environment portfolio. That portfolio includes waste and recycling, sustainable Hertfordshire, countryside rights of way, and the work of the Council as the lead local flood authority. At the meeting, Councillor Buckmaster highlighted the significant investment that had been in recycling centres, including Tewin Road in Welland Garden City, and he also pointed to the ongoing investment in Waterdale and the Eastern Transfer Stations. According to the budget document, known as the Integrated Plan, the County Council will allocate £56.5 of revenue spent on environment next year, 2020. 24-25. Meanwhile there is a further 23.4 million allocated for capital investment which includes 12 million towards the ongoing work to construct the Eastern Transfer Station and 9 million towards the ongoing work at Waterdale. There are also plans to include a further 220,000 investment towards improvements at Berkhamsted Recycling Centre and 315,000 towards ongoing improvements at the Bishop's Stortford Recycling Center. Energy recovery from waste is the conversion of non-recyclable waste materials into usable heat, electricity, or fuel through a variety of processes. This is often called waste to energy.
2: Now we come to the information slot. This is followed by the obituaries, what's on, and any more news? Tring West and Rural Ward by-election. The borough Council is holding a by-election in the Tring West and Rural Ward on 15 February 2024. Please be aware that Goldfield School is unavailable for this election, and anyone who usually votes there will need to cast their vote at the Roman Catholic Church Hall, Langdon Street, HP23 6BA as advised in a recent letter sent to electors affected. The, the hours of poll will be 7 a.m. to 10 p.m.
3: The obituaries on the family announcement page this week are Gillian Ann Phil, aged 90 years, Stanley Harris, aged 79 years, Joyce Annie Howe, Nee Hucklesby, aged 97 years. May they all rest in peace.
0: Now what's on? Music. Knight and Spears, here to Tring, February the 15th. Peter Knight, formerly of Steel Eye Span, and John Spears, co-founder of Bellowhead, have developed into one of the most thrilling exponents of traditional tunes and songs, exploring the space between traditional and classical music. Visit courttheatre.co.uk to book. Cabaret, an evening of burlesque, Watford Palace Theatre, February the 17th. The show blends stylish cabaret, comedy, music, circus and burlesque. Expect fun, feathers and fabulous costumes to entertain ages 18 and above. Visit watfordpalacetheatre.co.uk to book or for more information.
1: Trish Dowden at Tring Music Partnership says, Following on from last year's successful gala, we're proud to present a celebration of music in Tring at the Victoria Hall on Saturday the 16th of March. Featuring the Tring Music Partnership, Zebra Jazz Band, Phoenix Big Band, Tring School Swing Band and our Musical Theatre Workshop performers, Tickets are £25 for a VIP gold ticket, which includes a pre show drinks and canapes reception whilst listening to jazz and banquet style seating. £10 pink tickets are auditorium seating. Be quick and book yours now for a fun night of music ending with dancing. Tickets can be bought from Fancy That in Tring, cash only, or online via this link billetto.co.uk forward slash e forward slash tring hyphen music hyphen partnership hyphen gala hyphen performance hyphen tickets hyphen 929196 Tring Music Partnership was created in June 2021 to get community music back on its feet following the pandemic. Music benefits everyone's mental health and well being, and we want everyone in our community to have the opportunity to take part in music.
2: Chair based yoga sessions tailored to older people have launched in Decorum. The sessions aim to improve the overall well-being of senior members of the community and combat social isolation. Everyone Active, the Borough Council's leisure operator, are running the yoga sessions at Hemel Hempstead Library in collaboration with Age UK, helping to reach a dem- demographic of leisure and non-leisure centre users to prevent social isolation in the area. Having launched on January the 11th, the sessions will continue to run from 10.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. on alternate Thursdays throughout the year. Aiming to improve the mental and physical well-being of the older community, the sessions are an ideal opportunity for those who live locally and want to benefit from gentle, low impact exercise. The Chaya Yoga, will be followed by a community cafe with tea and biscuits, helping to prevent social isolation by encouraging members of the local community to make new friends with like-minded individuals. Maria Oliver, a qualified instructor who also delivers decorum's community choir session at Warner's and Community Center is running the sessions. She said, I love delivering yoga sessions that are accessible, fun and beneficial to everyone, no matter how mobile or fit they are. Chair yoga is perfect for people who don't feel they can get down onto a mat and back up again and I hope that class members will enjoy moving and breathing more easily as well as having a chat and a laugh. Having studied positive movement and chair yoga in addition to receiving a 500-hour British Wheel of Yoga Level 4 Diploma, Maria has taught several chair yoga classes and is constantly inspired by the impact they can have. I love seeing how stretching out, easing aches and pains and relieving tensions can bring a smile to people's faces. I'm so excited to be able to help individuals throughout the quorum lead a more comfortable, fulfilling lifestyle. Steve Cox, Area Contract Manager at Everyone Active, added These low impact sessions are a fantastic opportunity for residents of Decorum to begin or improve their fitness journey as we head into the new year. We are delighted to be partnering with Age UK for these sessions and are excited to see the positive impact they will have on the mental and physical well being of attendees. Classes cost, cost two pounds cash only and attendees are not required to book for more information please visit everyoneactive.com uh, forward slash center forward slash decorum hyphen community hyphen outrage forward slash hemel hyphen hemel hyphen
3: library forward slash Welcome to Vocalize What's On featuring highlights for audio described events in March 2024. You can find full listings by region through the links at the end of the newsletter Please do get in touch with any feedback on your audio description experiences email us at enquiries at vocaleyes.co.uk or leave a comment on our social media pages. So, moving on to audio-described theatre in March, coming to the West End Savoy Theatre, Plaza Suite, a hilarious and sharp-witted exploration of love and marriage, starring Matthew Broderick and Sarah Jessica Parker. The audio-described show is on Wednesday, the sixth of March, at seven thirty p.m. Get those pens at the ready. Booking contact number is. Zero three double three, zero zero nine five three nine nine. Booking contact email Savoy Box Office at the ambassadors.com. We also have Dear Octopus playing at the Littleton Theatre, National Theatre in London on Saturday the second of March twenty twenty four at two PM and the touch tour is 12:30 p.m. it's also on on friday the 22nd of march 7:30 p.m. touch tour 6 p.m. audio described performance touch tour and moving on to disney's the lion king that's at the lyceum theatre in london on tuesday the 5th of march 2024 7:30 p.m. the touch tour time is to be decided Again, audio described performance. And one last one, Till the Stars Come Down. It's on at the Dorfman Theatre, National Theatre London, on Thursday the 7th of March 2024. 7.30pm is the performance time and the Touch Tour is 6pm. And again, it's an audio described performance.
0: More theatre events. The Merchant of Venice 1936 at the Criterion Theatre in London Saturday the 9th of March 2024 at 2:30 p.m. The Touch Tour is yet to be confirmed. Wicked at the Apollo Victoria London Thursday the 21st of March 2024 at 7:30 p.m. The Touch Tour is at 5:15 p.m. and Meet the Portrait's Recorded Audio Described Guide at the National Portrait Gallery in London on until Monday the 30th December, 2024.
1: Nowadays, the mere mention of Shrove Tuesday brings to mind the flipping of pancakes and all manner of fun and games. With carnivals, parades and festivals taking place all around the world, It's hard to believe that the day originally heralded a period of self-examination and introspection. Shrove Tuesday occurs between February the 2nd and March the 9th and always falls 47 days before Easter Sunday. It is also the day before Lent begins. Lent is when Christians mark the time that Jesus spent 40 days and 40 nights in contemplation in the desert So Lent is a period for taking stock, preparing for Easter and trying to become a better person. Shrove, derived from shrive, refers to the confession of sins in preparation for Lent. On this day the shriving bell would ring, summoning people to church for confession ahead of Lent. Children in those days would go from door to door shroving, during which they would sing to the householder in exchange for a piece of ham or cheese. Those who didn't offer a reward to the children risked having stones thrown at them. People would prepare for a period of fasting during Lent by using up perishable foods that would be given up for the Lenten season, including eggs, milk, butter, and fat. By the 16th century, British Christians were enjoying pancakes on Shrove Tuesday. Pancakes, in one form or another, were also popular in a number of European countries. In 13th century Brittany, France, a housewife accidentally dribbled some thin porridge on a hot, flat cooktop. Since people back then were thrifty and not inclined to waste even their smallest culinary mistake, she ate it, and thus the crepe was born. Blinnies are a type of Russian pancake that are now an integral part of folk life and tradition. The history of blinnies can be traced back to the ancient Slavic traditions, where they were a symbol of the sun and the end of winter due to their round form. They were traditionally prepared at the end of winter during the Maslenitsa festival to honour the rebirth of the new sun. In Poland, pakski are eaten on Fat Thursday, the last Thursday prior to Ash Wednesday, and the beginning of Lent. And in Finland, panukaku are thicker than pancakes or crepes and they're usually baked in the oven rather than a frying pan or on a griddle. Additionally, unlike most other countries, panukaku are square, not round. Lent didn't just involve giving up some of the tastiest foods. It also precluded activities, such as singing, dancing and playing games. Hence the lead-up to Shrove Tuesday became associated with an outburst of fun and frivolity. These celebrations, which culminated on Shrove Tuesday, became collectively known as Mardi Gras. The words Mardi Gras mean Fat Tuesday in French. Huge Mardi Gras celebrations take place in New Orleans, Venice and Sydney. However, it's the world-famous carnival in Rio de Janeiro that boasts huge processions with exotic floats, loud music, elaborate costumes, singing and dancing. Don't forget the
2: pancakes on Jif Lemon Day. Since the mid-1950s, Pancake Day has been associated with one particular Unilever brand, Jif Lemon. The Yellow Plastic Lemon became famous for its Don't Forget the Pancakes on Jif Lemon Day advertising campaign, and by 2000, in the five weeks leading up to Shrove Tuesday, 80,000 Gif Lemon bottles were being produced every day. The adverts were shown throughout the 1970s, 80s, and 1990s on television screens in the United Kingdom and Ireland.
3: It's good news for the decorum dining scene after food venues were awarded a clean sweep by hygiene inspectors. Six establishments were given five star ratings by the Food Standards Agency, the highest rating available, meaning outstanding. They include two restaurants, cafes, or canteens. And the first is the Gallery Cafe Bar at the Old Town Hall in the High Street, Hemel Hempstead, Hertfordshire, rated on the 29th of December. We also have Relish at Mayland's Business Centre, Redbourne Road, Hemel Hempstead, rated again on the 28th of December, and three ratings have been handed to pubs, bars, or nightclubs. Again, five star: the Rex Cinema, Berkhamsted, at Rex Cinema High Street, Berkhamsted, rated on the 29th of December. The Robin's Social Club at the Robin Hood Social Club, Robin Hood Meadow, Hemel Hempstead. And Bennett's End Community Association Bar at the Bennett's End Community Centre, Lay's Road, Hemel Hempstead, again rated ah oh no, that was rated on December twenty-first. Plus we also have one rating for a takeaway, the Great Wall Chinese Food at thirty-six Bennett's Gate, Hemel Hempstead, Hertfordshire, rated on december the twenty eighth. The FSA, Food Standards Association, scheme gives businesses a rating from 5 to 0, which is displayed at the premises and online, so you can make more informed choices.
0: A new chief inspector is at the helm of policing in Decorum. Dave Skarrats took up the post in January from his predecessor, Chief Inspector Jason Keane. Dave, who is originally from Hemel-Hempstead, joined the force as a call handler in the control room when he was just 18 years old. A year later, he joined as a police constable and was posted to the intervention team in Hartsmere, responding to emergency incidents. In 2010, he became a detective in the world of serious and organised crime, before rising through the ranks and eventually becoming a detective chief inspector in 2023. Dave said, I'm a career detective, specialising in covert policing, but I always loved my time in uniform and so it's nice to be back on the front line. A lot has changed since my time on intervention, such as the demand and expectations on policing, but at the heart of it, it's still the same job – tackle crime and make sure that people feel safe. Mm -hmm. As Chief Inspector, Dave is responsible for overseeing the work of the neighbourhood policing team, officers and PCOs who focus on issues such as antisocial behaviour, speeding, criminal damage, theft and drug-related crime. He also manages the local crime unit, which investigates more serious crimes such as robbery and burglary. He said, decorum is one of the busiest areas of the county which obviously brings its challenges. I am looking to use my previous experience to bring new ideas and tactics to this role, to proactively tackle the issues that are causing the most concern. I want to ensure that we are focusing on the things that matter most to residents. We are committed to working with our local partners, including the Borough Council and Housing Associations, to do just that. The Decorum Community Safety Partnership has just launched its 2024 Community Safety Survey and I'd encourage people to please take part and have their say. Your views really do make a difference. A survey can be completed via the Council's website https colon slash slash letstalk.decorum.gov.uk slash community hyphen safety hyphen survey. Residents can also give feedback on what they think Police should be prioritising in their areas. Visit bit.ly slash priorities decorum to share your views.
1: The number of mortgage approvals made to homebuyers hit a six-month high in December, according to Bank of England figures. Some 50,459 mortgages were approved for house purchase in December marking the highest total since 53,953 approvals in June 2023. The effective interest rate, the actual interest paid on newly drawn mortgages, fell from 5.34% in November to 5.28% in December, the first drop since November 2021. Sarah Coles, head of personal finance at Harvard, Hargreaves Lansdowne said we can celebrate approvals pushing through 50,000 and there are some signs that January has seen another bounce but we're still a long way from a healthy market approvals have to be seen in the context of the fact that excluding the start of the pandemic we had been used to approvals of over 60,000 a month for the best part of a decade and we're still well short of this Thomas Pugh, economist at audit, tax and consulting firm RSM UK, said, The increase in mortgage approvals for house purchase suggests that life may be starting to return to the housing market and that if house prices haven't quite reached the nadir, they're probably not far off it. Indeed, now that attention has firmly turned to when interest rates will start to fall, Mortgage rates have started to drop.
2: Local football. Hemel Hempstead Towns suffered late agony on Saturday as host Weymouth came from 3 2 down to win 4 3 in stoppage time. The Tudors were leading 3 2 in the 84th minute taking a 2-0 lead through Caelan Hines and Bailey Brand before being pegged back to 2-2. Michael Fulivi's goal had them back in front, but Weymouth struck on the 84th minute and then in the fourth minute of stoppage time, Caelan O'Connell hit the winner to leave Hemel four points off the play of places ahead of the midweek, game, uh, midweek games in which the Tudors tutor, didn't feature. On Saturday, Hamill go to FA Cup Heroes based in United. Berkhamston, meanwhile, earned a 1-1 draw at Alf Church. Tom Newman struck in the second half to earn a point after the host took uh, the lead just before halftime. Berko, who are 15 points from safety in SPL Premier Central, host high-flying Needham
3: Market on Saturday. Residents can have their say on improvements to routes for cycling and walking in Decorum. Hertfordshire County Council, in partnership with Decorum Borough Council, is putting together the Local Cycling and Walking Infrastructure Plan, the LCWIP. A consultation has been launched and is open until February the 26th. The LCWIP aims to make walking and cycling the best choices for shorter journeys or part of longer journeys, so people see these options as preferable to using a car in the future. Residents can help identify key cycling and walking routes in the borough, which require improvements over the next 10 years, and for which funding will be sought from government and other sources. Future enhancements could include new or improved crossings, footway improvements, junction upgrades, and traffic calming measures. Once the consultation has ended, feedback will be considered as the final draft LCWIP is drawn up. A further public consultation will be held following the creation of the final draft. Councillor Phil Bibby, Executive Member for Highways and Transport at Hertfordshire County Council said, We want cycling and walking to be an easy and convenient choice for people travelling in decorum. Receiving feedback on our proposed plan is key to helping develop a framework that provides a greener and safer way to travel. Our aim is to offer all residents a cleaner, greener, healthier Hertfordshire by increasing access to cycling and walking initiatives will help to improve health and air quality, as well as reduce traffic congestion. Councillor Adrian England, portfolio holder for climate change and deputy leader at the Cornborough Council added, our residential streets are full of parked cars, making convenient parking impossible and restricting movement for emergency services. More cycling and walking can help. It's, a fundamental, it's fundamental that for shorter journeys in particular, we make cycling and walking more attractive and practical alternatives to using a car. We aim to pinpoint, with your help, where the potential demand is greatest for cycling and walking improvements in Decorum and where changes will most benefit our residents by creating space. Visit decorum.gov.uk forward slash walking and cycling to have a say.
0: Blaise Tapp writes, the key to working in an office is tolerance. There isn't much I haven't witnessed in workplaces across the country during the working life that began more than 30 years ago. In the early 90s, horseplay at work was not only far more commonplace than is today, but it was almost always encouraged by some of the people I worked for back then. Banter included asking the gormless trainee to go to the corner shop for a bucket of steam or sky hooks was par for the course, for many of us starting out in work in those days before mentors and dressed down Fridays. These days, of course, such pranks would result in the said employer being marched to the nearest employment tribunal with a checkbook in hand and there wouldn't be many of us who would, be, who would disagree. While work is now mercifully far more inclusive for the majority of employees than it was in the days of four television channels and reliable bus services, there is an argument that since we all started returning from work, years of working from home, we've become less tolerant of our colleagues. Last week it was revealed that 160,000 pounds had been spent on teaching civil servants that they shouldn't engage in non-verbal snubs such as eye-rolling and looking at one's mobile phone while a colleague updates you on the outcome of the latest three-hour meeting. Such acts, we are told, could be viewed as microaggressions, which are a form of discrimination. I don't know about you, but stopping people from rolling their eyes in the office seems as unachievable as banning coughing or outlawing the increasingly tedious personal announcement clacks and social media posts whenever someone moves jobs. I've worked with some world-class eye-rollers, some of whom also do a fantastic exaggerated sigh whenever the words won't do the trick. In most cases, these people haven't been office bully or someone who shouldn't be immediately matched down to HR, but are usually people who haven't yet mastered the poker face that's required in order to reach the top of most professions in the 21st century. While it is incumbent on all of us to be mindful of those around us, especially those people we have nothing in common with, apart from the fact we all work together, this does apply in both ways. As irritating as they might be, we'll all have our idiosyncrasies, and in some cases, we don't know we're doing it. Tolerance is often the key to any successful workplace, but it appears that this is a quality in short supply.
1: We're coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 7:24 a.m. and 5:08 p.m. For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemel.org.uk. If you wish to listen on Alexa, say Alexa open the talking newspaper skill. Alexa will ask you which broadcast you want to listen to. When prompted, reply, play the decorum talking newspaper. This part can be tricky. If Alexa offers the wrong station, just say no and then try again. For those who are listening to this week's news via a memory stick, After the music, there is the amenities section that gives details of various groups and the contact details of organisations. Please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Seal it up firmly, turn the label over and post it back to us using any Royal Mail post box. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from all your readers the editor, and Joe, your technician for this week. Goodbye.